Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to a Thursday episode of the State of the Nova Nation. It's season seven. I'm Eugene Rapay. He's Chris Stanziel. She's Emma Houghton. And he's Pat Zhang. We got a crowded booth here. What's going on? Season seven. It's been a minute. Um, how has everyone survived and hung in there during off season? How was everybody's summer? I hope everyone's doing well. Thank you so much for being here today. We love that energy, Eugene. Psyched to be here. You Thanks so much is. for having us on. Yeah, it was a long summer, but it also went by really quickly. And I'm excited to be back in the groove here. Yeah, same, same, Emma. Fun summer, long summer, but, you know, Villanova basketball is back. You know, Big East Media Day rolled around and I'm like, oh, time to fire up the wagons again. It's a good time. It's a great time. It's almost here. We are so close to opening day. I uh, cannot wait to really get into this. So it's funny because... As I'm very hyped to be here right now, and I'm, and even season seven, I mean, wow, Chris, like, it's yeah. kind of hard to believe that. that that's insane. <laughs> just, yeah, this little YouTube video project, all of a sudden, here we are, maybe seven years, a little longer than we thought it would be, but hey, we made it. Uh, all of you listening made it. Pat and Emma made it. Like, we're all here right now, and it's kind of a... This is actually going to be a little bittersweet. I'm actually kind of thinking about this right now. And I'm like, I don't even know if I want to say this anymore. You know, sorry, <laughs> sorry to everyone who we got here to cop on. I think Chris and I are just going to hop and stay on the show. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, why is everybody here? What's going on? Um, so this is kind of been in the works for like the last month or so, I would say. And I'd rather kind of just get it out early in the episode. But the state of the Nova Nation is not over. However, I think Chris and I's time on the show with the show has come to an end. Or maybe a hiatus. Maybe it's retirement. I'm not 100% sure yet. You mm-hmm. never know what can happen in the future. But um, just kind of saying this right now, it's, it's kind of surreal. I, I know usually this is the time of the season where we get up for, obviously, Villanova basketball. We're very excited. Big East Media Day happened. And it was in person for the first time in two years. That was thrilling. But it's just, oh, God, it's, it's kind of killing me to say this. But, um, yeah, I think Chris and I, unfortunately, have to step down. But we are leaving the show in good hands. We got Pat Zhang, Emma Houghton, two Villanova alums with radio backgrounds. They're going to take the reins. And, honestly, I think you guys are going to love them. Um, they had me on their show. They have another podcast, the Did You Hear podcast, where they talk all things sports. 
And honestly, right right from the get-go, just being with them, um, you could tell their vibe was great. Their chemistry was great. And obviously, as Villanova alum, they bleed blue and white, just like everybody else here who listens and works on the show. And I think that they're going to take it and upgrade it to the next level. So, uh, Pat and Emma, uh, before Chris and I kind of, like, have our parting words, I just want you guys to kind of introduce yourselves to our listeners out there. Um, you know, just tell, tell them a little bit about yourselves and and – kind of your backgrounds. Definitely. What an intro. Love what that. an intro. Thank you. So I'm sure I can speak for Pat when I say this. I remember exactly where I was when we were on the phone with Eugene when he <laughs> offered us oh, this, this position. We were so honored. We were so flattered. We were so happy. Pat and I started recording. We're actually hitting our one-year anniversary of our podcast, Did You Hear? Next week, November 4th, is our one-year podcasting anniversary. And for that to now spawn into this is, is tr- really such an honor. We graduated in 2020. I won't completely steal Pat's thunder, but we are so excited. We bleed blue and white, huge Villanova basketball fans. That's how we met through Villanova radio. And we were calling games for the WXVU, the radio station. We are just so excited to be here. We're so excited to inherit this audience and share with you guys what we know and what will hopefully be a really exciting season. So thank you so much, Eugene and Chris. We're so excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, I think I started listening to you guys when I was a senior in high school and I knew I was going to Villanova. Yeah. And I was really, I'm like, I need to find more Villanova basketball content. I think that was year one for you guys. And I'm like, I I need a podcast. And I found you guys and I've listened ever since. So to now be, you know, part of the next wave of it is so, so exciting. Uh, as Emma said, you know, really got the start at, at WXVU at Villanova. I was a radio show host there for four years with some of my best friends. I was a sports director for three years there. I uh, covered a ton of Villanova basketball and football games as play-by-play and color commentator. We've been doing this podcast with Emma for over a year. I've been working with her for a lot longer than that. Um, as Emma said, class of 2020, you know, so a weird year, but still a 2020 graduate from Nova. Um, super, super excited to be here. And you guys have laid the foundation for all this, and I only hope we can have the success you guys have had over the last six years. Oh, no, I, I definitely think you guys are going to crush it. I mean, Pat, for those of you who may remember, or if you've been a longtime reader of you, who's Pat actually started out as a writer in 2018, wrote some crazy great features, uh, one including Joe Cremo. I guess that one didn't age as well, but no. he wrote some <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You wrote some awesome pieces on JRE. It was optimistic. Yeah, it was a little optimistic. <laughs> At the time, though, it was like, you know, he seemed like it would be a great contributor from day He was one. an awesome interview, too. He was a great guy. <laughs> he is. He is a very nice guy. Yeah, that, that is one of the things that, you know, I know Joe Cremo got a lot of hate. I kind of felt bad because he was actually, if you ever, like, sat down and spoke to him, he was a, a really good dude. Absolutely. Um. But, you know, you also wrote some great features on Colin and, and Jermaine and, and Demir, which were awesome. And then Emma, I actually just got to know her a little more recently just through Pat and through the Did You Hear pod. But I'll tell you guys this, a little, little behind the scenes look at Big East Media Day. Emma and I were there together. She was hustling a lot. Like, I, I'm not like, <laughs> there's me. And, you know, I've been there before and that's cool and all. But Emma's like rubbing elbows with, uh, Dana, she's talking with um, Fannin. She's talking with CJ Holmes, the athletics. She's just kind of, you know, 
networking a ton and and you know trying to build up that book and honestly that's a lot more than christian i ever did i mean <laughs> christian and i would just kind of be like all right let's try one tweet if it works <laughs> it will <won't> happen <laughs> it's like, oh, all right maybe but, uh, the dms maybe once in a while <laughs> yeah but um these these two honestly um one once the the season gets rolling or even later in this episode once chris and i pop off you'll see that they're just um, dynamic, awesome, awesome duo, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We really think that the show will be in great hands, and I honestly think that they're going to elevate it. And, uh, yeah, Chris, 170 episodes. Can you believe that? 170 no. episodes, six seasons. Oh. <laughs> you started out as the sound guy. I mean, I what are your thoughts on, on this? Yeah, man. Uh, it is it is surreal to be doing this right now. You know, it, I don't think it really hit me until I just opened the Zoom meeting. Like, it's – you know, we we entertained leaving pretty much every year, I think, uh, especially after year one of the audio form. I think we loved that that season so much that we're like, all right, you know what? This was a passion project. It was a great time. Let's end it. But then, you know, we moved to view hoops and then they won the championship. And we're like, all right, we got to stick with it, stick with it, stick with it. And then COVID hits because we were we were fully blind. Uh, we were going to leave after that year, I think, 100%. And then COVID hits, and then we're like, we can't end on this. Yeah, we got we, all this free time in the world. We have, we have <laughs> free time in the world. We can't end on this open-ended cliffhanger. We got to stick it out for one more season. And, you know, with the way the team was looking, we're like, all right, you know, it'll be a fun ride. And then last season happened, and we're like, yeah, I, I think it's time. And we had entered uh, – we never really thought about who to turn it over to. We kind of passed uh, the idea back and forth. And then Eugene uh, – Past, uh, showed me your guys podcast uh, Pat and Emma and I listened to the episode he was on and I knew immediately you guys were the, the ones to take over your vibe is perfect you guys are so energetic you're gonna blow me out of the water in terms of analysis and energy that's for sure I mean hey look there would be times where it's a Wednesday night game against St. John's they lose 90 to 77 it's a little hard to bring the energy at night but um, but you guys have it every single time I even listen to some of your recent stuff with the world series previews and all it, it's you guys are in like perfect for this and i'm so excited to listen to you guys uh week in and week out uh for this season i think it's going to make it even uh, a better season than the ones in the past for us for sure uh, thank we, you so much Chris. yeah we appreciate that so much you, like i said you guys have done an unbelievable job with this and as i said we can only hope to bring it forward <laughs> Oh, no, no. We're just okay. We're just okay. You guys are definitely going to do a lot better, a lot better. Um, Yeah, it's it's kind of surreal, Chris. I I know that I definitely started out this episode pretty hyped. Now now I'm starting to get a little sad here just because... First off, when Pat said, yeah, I've been listening to you guys since I was in high school. I was like, how old are we? Like, I mean, yeah, it's I know. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it really is surreal how it started out as a video series on View Bench Mob. Um, shout out to the OGs or anyone who stuck with us through that. And then when we transitioned to the audio format, which was completely Chris's idea, um, shout outs to Chris. Uh, we just had so much fun with it. And then each year it was just, wow, this is a lot better than we thought this was going to be. We love this way more than video. Yeah. Um, and we just kind of kept coming back. Everyone else started coming back with us. And it was honestly just a fun ride the last five to six years. Wow, mm-hmm. kind of crazy to say in words, yeah. 170 episodes. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, it's kind of the same message after every season where we were just kind of humble that people really came out to listen to us. But also, more importantly, it was just about sharing the excitement of Villanova basketball each year, year in, year out, whether it was a, a Big East championship, an NCAA tournament championship, 
or even just a deep run or a letdown in the second round, whatever it was, like it was all just a blast. Really thankful for everyone who stuck around and, and listened to us throughout the years. I know I, I wanted to keep going. Um, unfortunately, uh, life just kind of got a little hard. I, I know that, you know, for those of you who follow me on Twitter or whatever, it's kind of been a juggling act for the last three, four years between uh, high school sports. Shout out to Lohut for allowing me to do all these other side opportunities. But, um, you know, also college basketball with VU Hoops, Big East Coast Bias, and then the Knicks with the Knicks wall. And it was just starting to get a lot, especially as the world's starting to open up. And I know, you know, running is where my heart's been. Um, I, I definitely want to be able to help the younger Villanovans out there looking to get into journalism. And I feel like even though I was able to do it the last three, four years with VU Hoops, I definitely want to give a little more attention, a little more time to it. And also, uh, I guess the big one was, depending on what happens, I don't want to jinx it, but we could be looking at a career opportunity. And if, if it were to happen, I definitely wouldn't be able to resume the show. So instead of scrambling for a replacement, Chris and I knew right away where we were going. And we are, we are honestly, I, I know you guys are thankful that, that we are passing it on to you. We are thankful that you guys are we're taking it on because you guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah, you guys are great. <laughs> the first time I met Eugene in person, I said, are you excited for all this free time? What are you going to do with all your free time? And he said, no, I don't think it's going to transfer into that much free time. <laughs> you definitely have your hands full. You deserve all the career opportunities coming your way. You're doing awesome stuff. Chris. Mm. oh man yeah it's like yeah here we are thursday morning now i'm gonna be like sad but also very happy it's it's a very weird mix but you know what will make me a lot feel a lot better is if we could just do one last mailbag (laughs) oh everybody i mean i saw jerry quinn sent us some questions and i'm like jerry's been our guy since day one like I, i can't leave this guy hanging um so uh one last time uh you know mailbag everybody but yeah, let's do it. And the first thing too, is you guys are more than welcome to come on the show, you know, throughout the year. So it doesn't have to be complete goodbye. We'd love to have <laughs> you on at some points, but no, really excited to get into the mailbag. You want me to start with Jerry's questions? Yeah. Let's can I just say, that. can I just say something before yeah. we move on? I just yeah, want please. to say something to Eugene uh, and just uh, ex- publicly express my gratitude. Uh, my man, this was a fun ride. I mean, this was your idea from the get-go with the video stuff. Yeah. I suggested the, the, the audio format, but you really took it and ran with it. You handled everything for like the first four years in terms of editing and you dealt with my schedule which was really really hectic uh for the first like four or five years uh working a busy season in the middle of freaking college basketball waiting till 10 10 p.m just for me to even hop on and record uh even waiting early in the morning for some stuff i mean you really committed to this in ways that i cannot be thankful enough just to cater to my schedule um I mean, obviously we're great friends. So this was just so easy and fun to do with you. And it's, I'm going to real, I'm honestly going to miss it. Um, and you handling all the behind the scenes stuff, moving at the view hoops, uh, getting Pat and Emma on board, any other business dealings. You were just, I was just along for the ride and I couldn't have been happier. It was a fun, it was a fun six, seven years, my man. Yeah. Shout out to Chris. He was the boom man back in the day during the video show. And uh, you know, he was one of the OGs kind of there for every film shoot as well. So big, big credits and, and much love to Chris as well. Um, yeah, man, I, it definitely has been a fun ride. Uh, thank you for, of course, being there for the last six years. Uh, it probably, like we've talked about or joked about, lasted much longer than we thought it would. Yeah. But we're, we're very glad that it's going to still keep on going beyond us. For sure. Oh, can't wait. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. And as a listener, because I was a listener and have been a listener for a long time, I was like very grateful to all the content you guys have put out over the six years and, and keeping the Nova Nation up to date on everything. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I remember showing <laughs> one more side note before we get into the mailbag. But when I pitched the idea to Pat and Eva, and Pat was just like, yeah, I've been listening to you guys since I was in high school. I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> that was just so funny. That was just, uh, that was, that was hilarious. It, it also, maybe, True story. maybe this time, Chris, maybe this time, maybe you are getting yeah, old. Maybe it you are really getting does old. put things into perspective. Uh, How do you think? I feel the same way. <laughs> since high school, I'm, I'm almost two years out of school now. <laughs> but no, that's, that's awesome. So we'll get into that mailbag so you guys can interact one more time. We'll start with Jerry's yep. questions. First question from Jerry. Highlight of your summer. Getting these two on board. No, um, (laughs) honestly, it was uh, just being able to enjoy outdoor life again. Honestly, Mm. I don't know about you guys, but God, after COVID and and the year 2020, I think honestly, just being outside, hanging out with friends and family was like definitely number one. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, It was probably one of the most fun summers of my entire life, if not the most fun, uh, just because of circumstances, you know, surrounding with COVID and finally opening back up, really chomping at the bit to go do stuff. Uh, Lucky was enough to have uh, someone do that with me for a little bit. And it was a great summer. So just overall, honestly, there really wasn't a highlight. I think the whole summer was just a highlight. I don't know about you guys. No, hundred percent. It was, it was concerts for me. That was something Mm. in COVID that I knew. I didn't, I didn't realize I missed so much. So I went to a ton of outdoor concerts. It was so nice being out there, people around interacting socially again, of course, getting back into it. But no, it was just great to be outside and the warm weather and everybody out. It was awesome. Yeah, no, you're, you're so right. Going back to a concert, going back to a Mets game really made me appreciate being able to see those yeah. things again, though I shouldn't say that about watching the Mets in 2021. Yeah, I saw the Grom when I went, so it was yeah. worth it. Um, but then I would say, too, I, I got to see a lot of my friends uh, in Cape Cod this summer. Remember, you know, 2020 grad, we got sent home without knowing we weren't going to go back to campus. It was the last time I saw a lot of people for a very long time. So oh, it was yeah, it was right. nice to be able to to see some, uh, some friends again get together uh, after the crazy end uh, we had to our senior year. But next question from Jerry, then talking about in-person returning to concerts, returning to games, how many games do you think you'll get to see in person this, uh, this year? Good question. <laughs> uh, how many are at Wells Fargo? Cause I might just go to all of them. Only That's a couple. what I was going to say. I think it's three, yeah. think it's three yeah. this year. Three this year. Three? Cause because of the uh, NCAA tournament, tournament year. Exactly. Oh, could, could be five. Could be. That's five. true. That's could true. <laughs> uh, I'll try to get to those as much as possible. I don't know when they fall on the schedule. I haven't really looked into it. Uh, but if they're a weekend game, definitely going to make the track down. What about you? I'm definitely looking at Nova Syracuse, December mm-hmm. 9. It's yes. a Tuesday night, but that's definitely the first one I'm looking at. And then whatever Wells Fargo center games can line up. I might also just take a day off. Check Finally check out the fin. I haven't made the pilgrimage yet. I need to see Ooh. it. need to see it. It'll be an event, a marquee event. Yeah, I'd love to go to the Wells Fargo. I was going to say, if I had to put a number on it, if I could make two or three, I'd be pretty happy with that. And now Pat's going to blow us all out of the park here and brag about how often he's going to do it. I'm very lucky. So I just, I live in King of Prussia now out of school. So I'm 15, 20 minutes from campus and a half hour from Philly. So I'm going to get the opportunity. Uh, I have tickets to the opener on November 9th. Cannot wait to get back in there. And then we'll try to go as often as I can. Oh, man. Yeah. You should take some sick days too. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I took, listen, I took off for the opener. It's a Tuesday at like yeah. 4.30 game. So I was so excited to get back in there. 
Um, I'm already jealous. jealous. (laughs) I would say, oh, that really set me up easily. Uh, And then last one from Jerry, what new player needs to step up um, to play at a high level for our non-conference games? Eugene, you take this one first. I think think we know. Emma knows because she asked Jay about it directly, but Eric Dixon, um, I'm looking at him specifically with JRE graduated. Big gap in the front court. The Joku is still a freshman, so mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think it's fair to expect a lot or, or kind of place pressure on him right away from the get-go. But Eric Dixon has been in the system for a couple years. It looks like this is finally the year. I know he was a little raw last season, but I think this will finally be the year. Got you. No, that's a great pick. I was going to say Caleb Daniels. Oh, that's he, another he, good one. <laughs> he, he really struggled uh, at times during the year. He was, my, I think, my preseason pick to be, like, the ultimate X factor. Or Me something. too. Team and, <laughs> and scoring. like Yeah, exactly. A lot of the preseason hype I bought into. And uh, the, my lasting memory of him is uh, turning the ball over, like, four times in a row against Baylor. Uh, so I hopefully he can turn that around because I know he has it in him. He definitely has the talent for it. So if he can really start hitting some outside shots, it'll really open up a lot for the, for the team. Yeah, it was crazy to think that he was still dealing with COVID after effects like long time, three months after. Yeah, yeah that was insane. When Jay shared that detail over the summer, that was crazy to me. It was crazy how many people dealt with that. I remember Jason Tatum was dealing with that same thing and he had to get an inhaler. We might see yeah. some serious conditioning differences this year. That was just because of COVID last year, which obviously Caleb can't control. I'm going to go with Trey Patterson here. Mm. And I think it'll be interesting to see what Jay's strategy is off the bench. I think you probably expect Slater six and then maybe Patterson is the seventh guy. And especially as we see how Eric Dixon translate this year, Trey Patterson could be a nice second big man option in the front court. You talk about us being on the same wavelength. Trey Patterson is exactly where I wanted to go too. Cause I think it's so, it's so exciting. Jay talked about him, you know, through we've seen Big East media day and blue and white scrimmage. They don't consider him a freshman since he did come in early. You know, he, he was able to have that extra time with the program. I was impressed by what I saw in the blue and white scrimmage from him. I, I think he's going to play some minutes with, especially with the thinner front court. Definitely. Awesome. All right. We'll get to a couple more from Rob, Rob Enselm. Which Wildcat are you most excited or curious about this season? Ooh, uh, you know, actually, <clears throat> I would say <laughs> Eric Dixon, but then after Eric Dixon, I would say Trey Patterson, just because he had that head start. And I just want to see if that made any difference this season. Yeah, Eugene, I'm, I'm going with the same pick as you. I was going to say Trey Patterson as well. I mean, all the hype, you know, surrounding him, you know, enrolling early. And I'm just like, all right, well, I want to see this dude run a little bit. You know, it, he was he was there last year, but, you know, we didn't really get a lot of burns. So now we can see him in a full-time role, hopefully, and really uh, live up to that top billing of a prospect. I will say, though, I am very excited for Colin just because he gets that second chance and mm-hmm. hopefully we'll get a proper exit. But uh, in terms of curiosity, definitely Patterson. He deserves that. You're right. Pat, you can go first here. All right, excitement. I'll go again with the the train we've seen from Jay so far this offseason. Brandon Slater's bulked up a ton and looks like a brand new guy. Apparently the shot's a lot better from deep. I'm very excited to see if Slater can finally kind of channel all that potential. We know how good he is on the defensive side of the ball. If he can, consistent score is not fair, but if if he can add points to his game, I'd be very excited to see what he can do. Yeah, I think that's generous. I think having him have an offensive presence this year would be a huge step up. That's why I toned back. (laughs) Yeah, I've taken the obvious pick. I thought someone was going to take it before me. Big game, Maine. 
Jermaine has mm-hmm. taken a huge step right. in every single year. And to think he's going to come back in his fifth year and stay where he was, no way. He's going to take a huge leap. I can't wait to watch him. Oh, I love it. Personality question. Next one up from Rob. Pumpkin spice season, yay or nay? I'm hard nay here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'd say nay because it, it aggravates people when you say no now. So I'm going to say nay just to be contrarian. <laughs> never had it. I'm uncultured. I've never had a latte. Sure, I don't know. Is it, I good? Yourself to it is good, though. I will say it is good. But when you when you advocate against it, it aggravates so many people. And I'm all for that. It's also just not really necessary. It, it really just doesn't. <laughs> It doesn't need a place in society the way it has right now. I, I'm going to out myself. Um, I really like the the pumpkin yeah. cold brew from Starbucks. It's really good. So yeah. <laughs> please direct all your insults toward me. Um, I will take it. But <laughs> and one more question from Rob. Uh, I can't answer this because I haven't seen it, but which Nova player would win Squid Games? All right, we're gonna live binge. I haven't seen it yet. Haven't seen it either. Wow. Oh Oh, wow! Wow. All right. Wow. I'm surprised you could finally talk about a TV show because Chris knows I'm not like I'd rather watch games or rather watch YouTube videos. Not not a real big TV guy, but I somehow caught wind of Squid Game, and if you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. It is actually there was like the Bird Box hype that was kind of stupid. But mm-hmm. this is legit. This, this is, is legit. this is the real deal. Yeah, Pat and Emma, when I brought when I brought up to Eugene, oh, did you see Squid Game? It was like a complete shot in the dark for the con- part of the conversation. I know he's never watched TV in his entire life. <laughs> and he said yes. And I'm like, oh my God, finally, I have my next two hours. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Eugene, that's what we should do. Squid Game pod. Let's, there you let's go. From here and Transition. We'll Perfect. Uh, man, Eugene, who, who are we picking? Who are we yeah, picking? Who wins? I, ha- I have an idea. But I, I want to hear yours first, though. I'm going Kevin Voigt, the walk-on. Yes, Massapequa, represent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah representing, representing the Long Island. Uh, I'm picking him just because you, you never want to be a high-profile person in this. You know, hmm. if, you're, if you're the strongest, most, most athletic, you're going to draw too much attention to yourself. Low-key, fan favorite, who's going to hate on him? Nobody. And I think he can sneak his way to the end there. Wow. Well, that's funny you said that because I was going the complete opposite approach. I said you need to be the most athletic, have to have some type of street smarts, and I'm going Jermaine Samuels. Ooh. I think he would. I think he'd destroy all competition. And I'm not going to say which events he would destroy in because I don't want to spoil it for you guys. But uh, there's there are some events out there that I think Jermaine would just uh, deal with pretty easily. He is big game, Jermaine. Very thoughtful answers. Love that. I know, right? I love it. We're going to have to see it now, and then we'll decide who we think would win, too. But those are some good answers. Please do. I would love to listen to that episode. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll mix that in. (laughs) Please, please, please. And then one more from KMAC. Uh, Different question here. The most likely player to transfer after the season is? Episode one, we've already gotten it. I know. Didn't take long. Didn't take long. Shout out to KMAC. I know he's been... A longtime VU Hoops follower. I think he may or may not be from my local area. I've seen him tweet about like Iona and things like that, which is kind of cool. Uh, honestly, I think if no one transferred, oh, actually, I, I take that back. Cole Swider transferred. Mm. <laughs> I was going to say, okay. if the other guys did not transfer after COVID, after the bonus years, after this and that all got factored into the equation, I really don't think anyone's going to leave early, especially with 
the fifth-year guys actually going to be on their way out mm-hmm. after this season. So I honestly don't think anyone transfers after this season. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I mean, that can change during the year. I'm sure the rotation and how Jay plays the minutes will make us speculate. Oh, he's not playing enough. He's going to transfer. <laughs> You'll get a billion of those questions, so don't worry. Um, so, yeah, I, as of right now, as we sit here today, I think the roster pretty much stays steady. Yeah, I feel that way. It feels like Antoine has already always had a little bit of a question mark, but it's really been the injuries. Once we actually see him on the court, I think he'll mesh better with the team than a lot of people think. So hopefully he stays. Fair. Yeah, I, I can't say I feel any different. I, with the guys going out, you know, as you said, a bunch, bunch of fifth years, uh, I think there's an avenue that opens up. It's not a huge recruiting class coming in so far next year. Uh, I think the roster actually stays pretty, pretty much what we think it'll be next year. Awesome. But that's it for mailbag questions. Oh, boy. That's oh, it. wow. We were kind of hoping for a couple more. <laughs> I so Chris and I can actually not leave because we are we are <laughs> like that. Wow. We thought we thought we were ready to go. We are, I don't even know if we're ready to we'll go. We'll get you on for more mailbags, though. You no. can just come on throughout the season <laughs> and answer mailbags with us. <laughs> Help with the floor is yours, guys. All right. Um, yeah. How are we going to wrap this up? You mean? Look, I mean – I, I feel like I've said everything I've wanted to say. I mean, big shout outs to everybody. I yeah. know, honestly, I, I can't even pick a highlight because it was just all so much fun. I mean, the rankings were, were cool, Chris. Like, remember yeah. when we were ranked for the first time? That was like so exciting. But then, freaking minds. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, we were able to keep that streak going for three seasons. And then it kind of became like, you know, how Villanova, you know, you just got used to like the top 25 and you couldn't really, you kind of felt weird just kind of yeah. bragging about it every week. But we couldn't brag about it unless we had the listeners coming back every week, which was honestly awesome. Um, We were so glad that everyone helped build this audience and and kind of helped build the show because, I mean, Chris and I were just kind of two dudes talking on the mic and and we were doing it, you know, when we barely had anybody on. So that was like, that was surreal for us. But, um, you know, Chris, I don't know if you have anything else to add. All I want to say is, Please stick around for the rest of this first episode. I know Pat and Emma are going to take it over from here and then run with it for the rest of the season. Emma was there at Biggie's Media Day, so she's got some cool things to say. Chris, I think I think we're old, we're retired, and uh, maybe we'll come back once in a while. But uh, I think this is officially the end of the road for us for now. I agree. I agree. Uh, I want to take a a minute to shout out all the listeners as well. Thank you for listening to us. Like Eugene said, we were just two dudes talking about Villanova basketball and uh, yeah, we can't thank you enough. Pat and Emma, you guys are going to do absolutely fantastic. You're going to blow my analysis out of the water, my energy out of the water and you guys just do absolutely great. Uh, So I'm looking forward to listening to you guys, man. No, I mean, podcasting is a grind. Pat and I know it for a year and you guys did it for six so we absolutely get where you guys are, but when you look back and look at all the episodes, what a run. you guys, yeah, what a run. We're so excited to take it on. Thank you again. And we're, we're ho- hoping to keep this going. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thank you so much. You know, you know where to find Eugene and Chris on Twitter so you can stick with them, you know, throughout the year, because I'm sure we have plenty of Villanova stuff from them as well as everything else that they do. And uh, this was an awesome way to, to say thank you to them, to give you a little introduction to us. And then Emma and I are going to take it for the rest of the episode. So we'll talk to you in a second. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. I'm Emma Houghton. He's Pat Zhang. And it's finally just us. This episode, Pat and I have talked about it a ton of times. And we're not going to beat a dead horse anymore. You know that we are very thankful to be here. You know that we're so excited. But this episode is really about Chris and Eugene and thanking them for what they've done, reveling in what they've done, 170 episodes, oh my God, six years. But Pat and I just can't wait to get started. So Pat, tell us a little bit more about us and and what our plan is for the future of this. Yeah, you, you say finally, because we've been so excited to, you know, to, to talk to everyone and really take it through this. But uh, as Emma said, like Chris and Eugene, just the job that they've done over the last couple of years, with the last couple of years, six years, you know, we talked about it on the first part of this episode has been incredible. It's been such a ride. I'm so happy for them, you know, that, that they've been able to, to do that and then hand this off. And it's not the last you will hear of them. <laughs> that is, of course, not. that is yeah. for sure. We will have them on at some point. We're super excited to talk about that. But yeah, so just talking some scheduling for how it's going to come up. Uh, we're just going to do a, a little bit of an overview into the Big East Media Day and some Big East polling things that came up. We don't want to get too deep into it because, as Emma said, we really want the focus to be on Chris and Eugene for this episode and a little bit of an introduction to us. Uh, and then as well, next week, we're going to be doing a non-conference schedule breakdown as well as a conference opponents uh, schedule breakdown. So just don't want to steal too much of the thunder there. And of course, that all leads into then Tuesday, the November 9th, when the season actually starts, we will also be having an episode dropping where we can take you through more of a Villanova preview, you know, a look at the, the game later that day and all of that. So it's all going to work in conjunction with each other. Uh, we're just kicking things off with this episode. Yeah, we'll go from general to specific yes, we'll to get very more specific, specific exactly. to game specific, which is actually a really good <laughs> Just transition. give us a little bit of time. And you were talking about uh, taking the day off on the first day. I did. Uh, for our second game, you might be able to work two days because that game starts at 11.30 p.m. against oh, UCLA. We're going to talk about that plenty once we get to that week and 11.30 Eastern start. Oh, boy. <laughs> if you care as much as we do, that was one that we immediately scheduled with maybe a strong question mark in red ink because that is a tough one. But of course, it's UCLA. So we'll sleep in the next day. Uh, yes, very much so. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So as I'll actually tell you our, our Twitter stuff too, and where you can find us, like Eugene mentioned, we had him on our podcast. It's about general sports. It's called the, did you hear podcast? You can find us on Twitter at, did you hear pod? We would love it. If you could subscribe there, listen to some of our stuff. We do football, a lot of baseball, Pat and I love baseball and we also love college basketball. So we're hoping to get a little bit of a mix there. I'm at Emma underscore Holton nine on Twitter and Pat is at P Zhang 15. All right. So getting that all out of the way, Pat, let's get into it. Big East media day happened. It was in person. Like Eugene said, it was wild to be there. Eugene and I went, we missed you so much. Wish you could have been wish there. I could have been there. But Val Alkerman started things off and she is one of the greatest commissioners in college sports. She's done an unbelievable job. What she has done for the conference is, is truly astounding to see the growth on the men's and women's side. 
We have a, a couple quotes from her and we wanted to start there to give just a general overview of what we can expect from the Big East this upcoming season. Yeah, she gave it as more of a, a state of the union for the Big East is how I look at it. And it was just, A, as you said, it was great to have it back in person and have that that interaction. Wish I could have been there. But uh, Val started off, and I think it's a question that's on, you know, a lot of people's mind when you think about the Big East Conference right now and the Big East Conference moving forward. And that's about the possibility of addition, addition growth, realignment. It's a huge thing in, in college sports right now. We all know about Texas and Oklahoma, you know, moving to the SEC and kind of the shock waves that that is sending through the rest of the sport. And Val Ackerman was quoted saying, you know, it is in the back of our minds. And when you're thinking about it, what school helps with our basketball aspirations? And that's kind of how they have to approach it as they look forward. What do you think going forward? Can I say the obvious here? It's the same thing I'm going to say. It's Gonzaga. That's the buzzword. This is the hot topic. People love talking about expansion. It's fun to just throw names out there. And when you get down to the logistics of it, this is when I'm happy that I'm not in a decision-making spot (laughs) because this is a really tough decision. But I think the two biggest names so far have been Gonzaga and Wichita State is probably the second. Kansas can get thrown in there too. Uh, That's true. If the Big 12 does, you know, fall apart with all the Texas and Oklahoma stuff. But people have been talking about Kansas. You're so right. Gonzaga is the big one. And it's funny. If you said Gonzaga, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I think people would say, what are you talking about? You know, they're in Washington. It doesn't make any sense. As time has gone on, we've seen that geography means less and less to conferences. I mean, we've seen it with, you know, the Big East before when you had schools like Notre Dame, West Virginia, Pitt. Those aren't exactly East Coast schools. So we saw things start to branch out there. Uh, And then, of course, the new Big East, new Big East, I say in quotes, with your Butlers, your Creighton's, Marquettes of the world. So I don't think geography should really be what stands in the way. Uh, of doing something like this. I think it's more about, you know, it's a, it would be a win-win for the conferences. For the Big East, they're able to add a big boy into the conference. And, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. Another Catholic school that focuses on basketball, you can totally see that. For Gonzaga, you know, they're able to join one of the premier college basketball conferences, you know, in, in all of college athletics. And that's usually the knock on them playing in the WCC is that, well, their, their conference isn't that great. They get to roll over it every year. Yeah. I don't think it's as big of a deal as people make out for, say, you know, a Villanova, a UConn, a Seton Hall making the one trip a year out to Spokane. I think Gonzaga having to travel cross country for pretty much every game could be what holds it up. But otherwise, it makes a lot of sense. I actually didn't even think about it as much from Gonzaga's point of view. If you had to put odds on it for Gonzaga staying, what would you say right now? For staying? Yeah, staying in the WCC. I honestly feel it could be a toss-up at 50-50. Yeah, I, I was going to say 60-40, they stay. I I think there's a legitimate chance that come 2025, when things start to get renegotiated with the TV contract and all that, you very well could see Gonzaga join the Big East. And with the way that both of these programs are set up and the foundation they've laid and the coaches that are involved on both sides, mm-hmm. you could have a one-two punch in college basketball in the same conference. And not a Big Ten, not a Big 12, the Big East. That would be huge for the conference. And I think those are the quote-unquote aspirations that the commissioner is talking about. How can you not think that that is the best case scenario? I'm a little bit more hesitant about the logistics than you are, it Mm -hmm. seems like. I mean, it's not just basketball, too. It's it's hockey, it's cross-country, it's golf. It's thinking about how all of these sports and all of these athletes are going to be able to cross the country. I had read a couple of things that maybe they do 
West Coast trips and you do all those schools over the course of over the course of two weeks. And maybe that makes things a little bit easier. But I agree with you. I mean, Nebraska spoke in. You kind of throw them in the same pot and you do the same trip. I mean, at, at what point, you know, do you just pass the line and say, does it, does it matter anymore when it gets to exactly. geography? But, you know, listen, things could get really complicated. They could just join for men's and women's basketball and stay in the WCC forever. Yeah. That is they don't have football. That's exactly. That is here. for people a heck of a lot smarter than me to try and figure out if it makes Bigger sense for them. Grade. Exactly. <laughs> just a little bit. Um, but it's something that I, I like that. Val brought it up at Big East Media Day because I think it's genuine and it's real and it's on a lot of people's minds. So the fact that she did bring it up shows it's not just on, you know, regular people's minds. The conference is considering it as well. The coaches really care too. Mm -hmm. And the coaches have thoughts about what they think would elevate this conference. And and yeah, they really, really care. And BYU is also Mm -hmm. kind of on the ropes with the WCC too. So if BYU is out, you would think that Gonzaga probably has plans too. Things, things are changing in college basketball. Yeah. That 2025 is not very far away. Today. It'll sneak up on us. So totally. <laughs> that is something we, we know for sure. Totally. All right. So the next half of this, we're going to talk about some actual basketball content. Like Pat said, we really don't want to spoil anything. We're going to have some, some real game breakdowns next week leading up to the first game of the season on November 9th. But let's talk about some of these preseason polls and these mm-hmm. preseason awards. Obviously, Villanova-focused Colin Gillespie was named the Big East preseason player of the year. And then another fifth year, Jermaine Samuels and Justin Moore were named to the preseason all Big East second team. What were your initial thoughts on those nominations? Yeah, I mean, listen, I I think Big East preseason player of the year was was always going to go to Gillespie once he decided to come back, you know, especially the fact that he was the co-winner just just a season ago with JRE and Mamu from Seton Hall. Uh, so makes a ton of sense there. Just a disclaimer for everyone on the Big East first team. I know Colin is not listed there. The Big East does have a stipulation that if you win player of the year, you are then left out of the Big East first team. So no reason to stress over that because I saw a lot of people stressed over that on Twitter. When it's, that weird, first though. it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. But that's just how how that goes. Second team, you know, I I say I'm surprised to see a, a more Samuels there thinking that they had a chance at the first team. But the first team is, is very, very talented when things are said and done. If I'm giving you a little bit of a preview into things, we'll talk about much more in the next couple podcasts. I think there is a chance that Justin Moore ends up as a Big East first teamer uh, at, at the end of this year. Jermaine Samuels, you know, we know what he brings. I think that the reason he's a second teamer and not a first teamer is just that Roden and Fremantle, who what I would say were the guys that were in direct competition with him, just can score a little bit more. And I think that's where the voting went to. But as an all-around player, we know how good Jermaine is and can be and excited to see any jump that he can make in year five. I mean, I, I almost came out of my seat when I was talking about how excited I was <laughs> on one of our mailbag questions. I'm so excited for Jermaine Samuels. I think that's a really good distinction about the scoring. When you see somebody like Zach Fremantle, he led his team in rebounds, and he was also a really dynamic scorer, and he took a leap. Mm-hmm. I think Jermaine Samuels has a huge leap in him. I really does. I don't think, I don't think him and Colin would have made the pack and come back together unless they had something up their sleeve. And I think it's going to be a real, a really special year, but let's talk about Justin Moore because I was able to ask him a few questions at Big East media day. And he told me a little bit, a sneak peek into what he did this summer and what he's really hoping to improve upon this upcoming season. 
Justin, how do you expect your leadership role to grow after this summer and working with Colin and Jermaine especially? Yeah, I learned a lot from them too. Um, them being fifth years, they have a lot of experience. And me just learning from them guys and being more of a vocal leader, I think that's something I've really focused on. And um, going at each other in practice, um, holding myself accountable and holding others accountable too. That's something that we really take pride in. And what's one part of your game that you really worked on this summer to try and improve on this upcoming season? Um, besides being a vocal leader, I think explosiveness on both ends of the, of the ball, um, making more plays defensively on and off the ball, and being more versatile offensively, like make a play for my teammates and myself, and I think that's something I'm really focused on. Thank you. All right, so first of all, we love Justin. He's incredibly yep. well-spoken, great yes. guy to talk to. Hopefully we can talk to him more on the season. What were your What were your biggest takeaways there? Because I was really impressed. I mean, I, I thought it was great to hear what he was saying. This summer was was really important for Villanova and, and very different in that, you know, Colin was still rehabbing. Jay Wright was away, you know, with the Olympics. So things looked a little different this year. So I think it gave Justin a chance to really – you know, try and take over that, that takeover is not the right word, but continue to grow into that leadership role. And, you know, he used the word vocal leader uh, a couple times in that, and he wanted to become more vocal. I think that's great. It's awesome to have him kind of assume more responsibility on this team. I'm very excited for what Justin can do. And then when he talks about his game, explosiveness is, I think, exactly where a lot of us want to see him go to, because I think back to when he was a freshman and he was getting to the rim a lot. I, he's such a great finisher. You know, he's able to really contort his body around the rim. Sometimes he gets stuck in just a shooting mentality, which is, you know, he's a very strong shooter. We've seen it plenty of times. We know he can drill the three, but I'd like to see him try to be a little more explosive and get to the basket. So the fact that he, you know, brought that up, I think it's a great sign for the season. I mean, you talked about Slater bulking up too. Mm -hmm. Justin Moore is significantly bigger and stronger and more physical looking. And I think that's huge because we know how lethal he can be off the dribble. So to now see him going to the basket with some real power behind him is a really, really big weapon. And the first thing I thought of when I asked him that first question, obviously Jay writes with the Olympics, he gushed about his team when he came back and his assistant coaches and the pseudo coaches, I put that in quotes, yes. because when you have fifth years in Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels, you basically don't need other And Demir Cosby Roundtree around the program still too. Great point. And then of course you have a newly inducted Hall of Fame member in Jay Wright. So Not things bad. are pretty good on the main line right now. But the first thing I thought of when Justin was talking about being a vocal leader is the guard you mentality mm -hmm. that Villanova has had for so long. And Jalen Brunson was able to be tutored by... Ryan Archidiakono and Colin Gillespie was tutored by Jalen Brunson. And now Justin Moore is being tutored by Colin Gillespie. There's just such a linear progression and you can see these guys blossoming when it comes to their junior and senior seasons, because it's a process there. You learn the program, you learn from the guys before you, and then you slowly and surely grow your game. And Justin Moore was contributing freshman year him and oh, jr definitely. those were the guys freshman year and that was a real change in the program but they were for, villanova was forced to rely on them now this season the sky's the limit for more sky's the limit you're so right I, I really believe he can be a big east first teamer when this thing's all said and done this year uh hopefully the health is there we know he had the ankle injury towards the end of last season that really um you know hobbled him in the Big East tournament and a little bit in the NCAA tournament as well. So, you know, super excited to see him back healthy and, and see the jump. We talk about jump with Jermaine Samuels. You could really see a jump with Justin Moore. A hundred percent talking about jumps. Let's transition to Eric Dixon, but really Ooh. quick before I say that 
Justin Moore also really showed out in the tournament with that hobble. Yes, he did. And with Gillespie down, we were able to see guys transition into leadership roles that they were thrust into without any sort of warning. I Mm -hmm. think that's a huge, a really good sign, a a great green flag, if you will. Green flag. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go to Dixon. This is who everybody's excited about. I am so excited to see Eric Dixon. It's really been a conditioning thing for him Mm -hmm. since he came to Nova. You got any opening thoughts or should we go straight to the clip here? Go into the, go into the clip and then we'll, we'll discuss a little bit. All right, let's take a listen. What are expectations for Eric Dixon and how do you expect him and Jermaine and Slater to stack up against some of the other big guys in this conference? Eric's going to be really important because we're going to be a little undersized, you know, and his, his strength is going to be really important to us. Jermaine and, and, and uh, Slate. Uh, stepping up against bigger guys and being able to play against them undersized is going to be important too. Um, and, and we have a, a lot of expectation for Eric Dixon because of that. You know, he's like the really the the low post guy that can battle in there. We we have a, a young freshman, Nana and Joko, who's who'll be good except he's just basically missed the whole preseason with um, injury, uh, concussion, and then hydration issue so um, we don't know about him yet but that's where Eric becomes even more important and do you expect it to be a specific three four five labeling or a little bit more fluid than that definitely more fluid you know um, but but Eric is that guy that can physically bang with with five men you know that's that's that can play them in a traditional way thank you it's great to hear Jay speak so highly about Dixon and, and also S- Jermaine Samuels and Brandon Slater. And he didn't mention Trey Patterson, but I think that's going to be another key cog. We'll talk about him plenty coming up. Oh yeah. <laughs> plenty coming up. But if we see, I, I hate to be the dead horse, but it's going to be the jump from Dixon from a conditioning perspective, from a physicality perspective, from a minutes perspective, what do you think we're going to see from Dixon? You know, you talk about Jay Wright and being great to hear him talk the way he did about his front court. He was also incredibly candid. He himself said they're thin and it's going to be difficult for them to match up against the, you know, bigger schools in the Big East, I think straight to UConn and going up against that forward line that they can throw out there with a cook, a cook and and Polly and all of that. So it, it is going to be a little different and a little bit of a challenge, you know, for Villanova. But Dixon's the guy that I think you get really excited about because, you know, we've seen Justin Moore be a fantastic performer, you know, through his first couple of years, we've seen Jermaine Samuels take over and win games. I think of Marquette, you know, straight off the back, uh, straight off my head, Kansas, you know, Kansas, uh, UConn, he hit the three against, yeah. we know what Colin Gillespie can do. Like we've seen a lot of these guys be able to perform at, at a really high level. Dixon had a lot of ups and downs last year and that was okay. It was his first year, you know, coming off of the red shirt where he was really getting playing time. But you saw some flashes. I think defensively was the biggest thing was that he he definitely seemed to to still be grasping at, at what they were doing defensively as a team. I think you look at it a year later in better conditioning, another year of practice in, you know, being able to learn that system better. We know he was a prolific scorer uh, when he, while he was in high school. You know, wh- why can't Eric Dixon become a really, really strong player for this team and, and really grow into that center role? Because that's where Villanova really doesn't have anyone. They're not going to look at Nana and Joku yet, who's missed so much time, you know, so far over the summer. Very exciting prospect. Don't get me wrong. And, and I'm sure he'll get some minutes throughout the season, but he needs a little more time to develop. This is Dixon's job, really. 
Definitely as a sophomore, which mm-hmm. is a really big deal. And that's the luxury of the Villanova program. We don't have to rely on Njoku this season because that would be Let a him big grow. Goal to step into. And that's what, that's what Dixon did last year. So I actually think you bring up a really good point about him being a scorer too, because when I think about Dixon, I think about his presence in the front court and matching up against the Nate Watsons and even the Fremantles and the Scruggs. Those are going to be some big uh, Aminu Muhammad. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Those are going to be some big poster matchups that he's going to have to match up to. It's really interesting. We've seen coach Wright be a little bit fluid with the positioning and in terms of you'll see Justin Moore take a lot of the point. You'll see Colin take some point. Jermaine Samuels might have to be the quote unquote five at some point of the season, especially if Dixon struggles or when Dixon's on the bench, Patterson, that same role. But I'm curious to see, and I'm curious what your thoughts on this too. If it depends on the matchup, whether Villanova goes small ball or Mm -hmm. they load up the front court a little bit. And with the loss of Robinson Earl, the one big loss, only one guy, but I but think a he, huge loss as a say, Biggie's player of the year. <laughs> quality over quantity in this in this case, absolutely. They need somebody to protect the rim, and uh, those big guys I mentioned in the conference. It'll be interesting to see if they push the ball down the court or if they try and load up. If they really like what they're seeing out of Patterson, maybe that becomes a strength. Yeah, no, you're right. I do think a lot of it is going to come down to matchups. And for Dixon, if you really want to see if he's maturing and progressing along with it, I look at defensive discipline, you know, not being drawn away from his assignment and not being drawn into into a bunch of fouls. And on the offensive side of the ball, you know, I look at his footwork and post moves, which the first thing I will say, I was lucky enough to be able to go to the the blue and white scrimmage. uh, and, And I watched him there and he had some very nice low post moves. And it was different than what we saw last year, where he kind of tried to brute force the ball in. Uh, a couple times, which listen, if I was that big, I'd do it too. <laughs> we know how athletic, Six, nine. <laughs> exactly. We know how athletic and strong Eric is. So to kind of show the the more technical side of the game, which I think is what we saw grow a little bit there, and just of course it's just a blue and white scrimmage. There's a lot more to see. Uh, that's exciting for me, and that's something I think he can continue to grow. When I think of the word technical, technical footwork, I think that's a really good way to sum up Jeremiah Robinson role. So to uh, see any type of flashes of with that, exactly would be great from Dixon. Were there any other surprises in the the awards or the polls that jump out to you? Yeah. So I say, let's just go through it just to, just to read it out for anyone that didn't see it. Or just to, to recap for it, we'll start with the polling for how uh, the teams were voted by the head coaches, Villanova at one, UConn two, Xavier three, St. John's four, Seton hall five, Butler six, Providence seven, Creighton eight, Marquette nine, Georgetown 10 and DePaul coming in at 11 I can't say I'm really surprised at how things broke out in those rankings. I think, you know, Villanova, UConn are, are what you look at as the class. I think Xavier and St. John's are going to be very good this year. And I'm very excited to see them. The one thing that's just striking is that Georgetown's at 10 coming off of a big East conference tournament. Yeah, championship. What's that you know, about? Listen, that plays into the fact that yes, it was a magical run that they went on, but it's still a little weird to see your conference tournament champion come in at 10 the following year with the first five-star ranked prospect in the history of the program your preseason uh big east freshman of the freshman of the year yeah great point yeah so it's funny i usually separate the teams in the polls in the preseason polls into the front runners which is Mm -hmm. usually just villanova it's been creighton in the past there have definitely been a couple other teams up there the middle guys and then the bottom feeders this year it's villanova a couple notches below them xavier and yukon a couple notches below them st john's maybe Seton Hall, and then everybody else. I literally wouldn't be surprised 
if Butler comes in sixth, like they are now, or they come in 10th. And if Georgetown gets all the way up to the six or the seven seed, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of rumblings going on. What are we going to see from new coach Shaka Smart? What are we going to see from new head coach Stubblefield on DePaul? Maybe he catches some magic. Providence is definitely tuned for a progression as opposed Mm -hmm. to a regression. I don't know if we're going to see the same bottom dwellers that we've seen. I could see a lot of mixing up happening, which is really exciting for the conference. Well, I mean, also thinking about us and now doing this, it's going to be a great year of Big East basketball. There's some really great matchups. We're super excited and we will talk a heck of a lot more about that next week. But yeah, no, it's it's great. I'm with you on the on the polls. As we said, Gillespie was your preseason player of the year. Muhammad, your freshman of the year. Preseason, uh, all Biggie's first team, Nate Watson, Julian Champagny, Jared Roden, Paul Scruggs, and Zach Fremantle. Your second team, RJ Cole, Tyrese Martin, Posh Alexander, Justin Moore, Jermaine Samuels. What that tells me from the five plus Colin Gillespie, uh, or from the 10 plus Colin Gillespie, excuse me, this conference is loaded. There's a lot of really high caliber talent. Look how good that second team is. RJ Cole, Posh Alexander, the two Villanovans, Martin coming in. I... It's going to be a good it's big year. time. It's big time. Year. You know what sticks out to me too? Julian Champagny could literally be up there for player of the year mm-hmm. consideration. And that's wooden player of the year. If St. John's gets some magic, which I think they've shown that they're very capable of, they're going to be a Mike tough Anderson out. is an incredible coach. They're going to be a tough out. They have one of the highest tempos in all of college basketball, which I'm sure Villanova fans are feeling a little bit of PTSD from that, especially I am. PBS sports network. Yes. We won't get into that right now, but Posh Alexander and Champagne are a, a really, really intimidating duo. Yeah, no, they, they certainly are. So like I said, conference is loaded with some talent, but want to go into one more different type of poll to close. Oh yeah. Out? Tell us how much you love this poll. Pat. Uh, this is awesome. So as I said, we don't want to go too much into analysis because we're really going to get into that next week and then the following week. But our friends at The Athletic put together a fantastic player poll with a couple questions asked to Big East players. Uh, and there's some really interesting responses that we got. So I think we're just going to you know, bring them up, see how the voting went, talk about it a little bit, and we'll, we'll close this thing out for episode one. Can I start with my favorite? Yeah. My favorite was, which coach would you like to play for? It's a great question. On the spot, what would your answer be there? Uh, Listen, I'm a Villanova grad, so of course I go with Jay Wright, but my second choice would be the coach that won. Ed Cooley. I feel the same exact way. I'm a little bit offended that I think it was only three people. Yeah, only three votes went to Jay Wright, and of course Cooley won with four. Dan Hurley also came in at three. How could you not pick Jay Wright? Come on. He's a Hall of Famer. Come on. <laughs> but Ed Cooley is one of the best personalities in the sport. I'll give a quick antidote here. My grandparents live in Narragansett, Rhode Island, went to a Narragansett beach, sat next to Ed Cooley by accident. He was wearing a Providence bucket hat, a Providence t-shirt, Providence shorts, and Providence flip-flops. So not incognito, to say the least. No. Big Providence guy. My brother goes there now, so big in our family. He is just awesome. He is so awesome. I I love Coach Cooley. The quotes that he gives, I think he's a phenomenal coach. What he's been able to you know churn out over the years with the talent at Providence as well. Um, of course, I'm biased, so I will go with Jay Wright. But if I was not picking Jay Wright, it would be Ed Cooley. Also so good with the media, too. Yes. I distinctly remember some post-game con- interviews that he gave that were just incredible yeah no 100 another interesting one which is a different question that you wouldn't exactly think of and i i 
spotlight this because of the winner. The question I'd love to play with. And the winner of that was Colin Gillespie. I would be a little scared to play with Colin Gillespie. (laughs) That was my first thought. I'm also a little surprised that he won that. Yeah, I... I'm not surprised that he won it just because I think they went off of who's the best player in the conference. And I think Gillespie probably goes with that. And then if you're a scorer, you know, he can distribute the ball. You know, we know about his leadership qualities and how good of a defender he's really developed into. So I'm not surprised Gillespie won, but I just think it's a cool question. And to see, you know, Villanova come out on top there. That's a great point. He is such a good playmaker. He's such a good facilitator. He seems like he's been there forever. And at this point he kind of has, but that's a compliment to his personality, his leadership qualities. He he's truly the, the full package. I, I kind of wanted to say Posh Alexander for this one. Does Ooh. that make me crazy? He's just no. kind of a madman on the court. And um, I think I want to, I, I want to go to war with somebody like that. So speaking of Posh Alexander being a madman on the court, hardest player to score on Posh Alexander did win that poll. number one. Yeah. Uh, Ike Obiagu also tied with him there. And, and of course, it's because of the size. Isaiah Whaley, Nate Watson uh, also rounding out that poll again. It's it's interesting. that I think that shows how good that Alexander is on defense, because if you'll notice, those are three forwards that he's yeah. up there with, and he's the only guard. So you talk about him being a madman. He certainly is on defense. He forces a ton of turnovers. We know all about the steals. People took notice. I was just going to say 2.6 steals per game last year led the conference easily nate watson is a tough guy to to pick against in that case too we got to say it i got to mention it nate watson saw him at biggie's media yeah, day please, this is somebody my quote. somebody before me asked him what his favorite place to eat in providence was just i'll let that sit for a second for dramatic effect nate watson said his favorite place to eat in providence was domino's it's incredible <laughs> That's it's amazing. He owned it. We love that. Domino's is great. Maybe not the best place in Providence, but hey, it's up there. And he's on the Big East preseason first team. So he's doing okay for himself. Sometimes you just want a pizza. <laughs> Apparently Nate Watson that. feels the same way. I can get behind that. He's he's one of the he's one of us, Pat. He's he's, he's one of us. Person. Clearly, because I've been craving pizza this week. We'll make that happen soon enough. Um, oh, yeah. One more question before we get into the fun question to close it out. Hardest player to guard. Julian Champagny won this one. I'm not surprised by that. We know he is an electric scorer for St. John's. Again, talking about St. John's, you know, a couple winners here in Pasha Alexander and Julian Champagny. So plenty of respect from their peers. Colin Gillespie did come in second, just a vote behind Champagny. Zach Fremantle and Tyrese Martin also receiving votes. I'm glad Fremantle got votes. I Me really too. do think he's a really good dual threat player. I would have, I would have picked Colin here. I think he's just legendary off the dribble he can pull up he can go all the way to the basket he passes he's never turns the ball over he's he's the whole package i said it yeah champagne wins i think because of his size as well yeah that, that we see from him and just being really difficult to to guard but you know we know gillespie as a lethal shooter so not surprised that the two of them ended up at the top of that yeah pole. And we didn't mention his injury too. He's coming mm-hmm. off of a torn MCL and yeah. he is still regarded as highly. So that yeah. just goes to show how hard he worked this off season and how high his ceiling can be and why he came back because he thinks this team can run it back. Absolutely. And then one more question here before we close this episode one out, who will win the big East and why I bring this up. It is not because of the winner as the winner was Villanova who received seven votes. Why I bring this up is because the second place recipient with three votes the obvious answer to paul thoughts i said this to pat before we started if you believe in karma 
then you know what I'm going to say here, because I'm not sure what people were thinking. But if you believe in karma, then you might have to look out because I wouldn't be surprised if DePaul has made some magic happen before. Charlie Moore graduated, but he mm-hmm. was a really good player. Paul Reed, he's, too. He's pushed Villanova to some games, to an overtime game. Yeah, it's weird. Obviously, I don't think they're going to win. I think it's more likely that they finish in last place, the most likely that they finish in last place. But hey, give, give credit where credit's due. I'd, I'd like to see what they can do. So first, I have to say, I love that there were three players that actually decided to say three, that, two, that three. DePaul w- would win. I I, <laughs> I know they were joking, and I still find the joke funny. So yeah. <laughs> that's great. Uh, unfortunately, I do not take the optimistic view on DePaul. I think they're going to be pretty rough this year, and mm-hmm. I, I do expect them to, to really round things out in the conference uh, and come in last place. But, you know, it's year one of the Stubblefield era. You know, it, it's Stubblefeld era. It's... um. You know, things are different, which is what they needed because things clearly weren't working under Lieto. Um, but the, the fact that three players picked them to win is just, it was too good to pass up and we had to talk about it. It is funny. Yeah, you know it's funny when people were trying to be funny and it still is. <laughs> and it still is. That doesn't so. happen all the time. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But anything else you want to you wanna touch on? No, I, I'm so excited. It's great to get back into this. It's great for Pat and I to start something new. We're so excited to be fully Villanova-focused. We won't give concrete details here, but we also definitely have plans to do some live streams of games with our schedules permitting. We're really excited to interact with the community. Please reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram. We would love to meet you. So grateful to Chris and Eugene. And we're just, we can't believe it's here. We've been having this, holding this under wraps for months now, and now we can finally say it. And we're so excited. Yeah, absolutely. We are so excited to take this on again. Thank you so much to Chris and Eugene for everything they did for, you know, picking us and help getting us up to speed and and coming on this episode because we really did want to give them their time to shine and, and talk to everyone. And we are so, so excited to, to really get into things, but all right, that'll do it then. Thank you for listening to season seven, episode one of state of the Nova nation. Be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and follow us on Twitter at S O N N pod. We'll be back with non-conference opponents preview on Tuesday. Everyone have a great weekend. And Nova Nation, that's a wrap.